It's all about our dreams this week. It's all about our dreams. As the music just soothes my morning and gets me going, I realize that life is beautiful and it's time to make some things happen. I am Dr. Dina C. Brown, your host of Walking Through Glass, the podcast, and this is your daily dose of vitamin Dr. D, medicine for your mindset. As you pop on in to this live show, don't forget to say hello. How are you doing? What's going on with you? So that we can get things going. Yesterday, we talked about dreams. What are dreams? And how do we begin to put our dreams to the test? Because oftentimes, we're not really living our dreams. We are living someone else's version of what we think we should be doing. But you know what? This week is really talk, we're gonna really talk about what does it take to conquer your dreams and put your dreams to the test. One of the first things that you need to do, the very first thing is you need to take ownership. You've got to take ownership for your dream. And you know what that starts with? Asking the question, what is your dream? Do you really think you're gonna achieve it in your lifetime? And if yes, the answer is yes, all right, let's go. Let's start putting things in place to get you to that place to which your dreams will manifest and you can honestly live the life that you desire. You see, a dream is an inspiring picture of the future that energizes your mind your will and your emotions. There are five common reasons for not identifying your dreams. Disappointment. At some point in your life, someone's disappointed you. Heck, maybe even you disappointed you. And when you've disappointed yourself, you believe that maybe you're not worthy to live the life that you desire. And so what you begin to do is to shift and not really dream anymore. Another reason for not identifying your dream is settling. Sometimes we settle. Oh, it's okay, I'm good. I'm kinda happy. Things aren't bad, I got food on the table. Yeah, you know, I got my 1.5 kids. We have our two cars. I'm good. Lack of confidence is huge when we talk about identifying our dreams. Maybe we don't believe that we have what it takes. Maybe we don't believe that we're worthy. Maybe we don't believe that our dream is something we could actually achieve. Why? Because someone's probably disappointed us. Why? Because someone said, you should be happy with what you have. Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever heard that before? When you're telling people how you want more and you dream bigger and you want to, whether it's wealth, whether it's things, whether it's opportunity, when you get excited about the more and someone tells you that 
aren't you, don't you have enough? Right? And then that confidence monster and that inner bully is there kind of beating you up. And you get discouraged. You get discouraged by the disappointments, by the fact that, you know, you begin to wonder if you can do it. And then here's the, here's the, here's the big piece. Lack of imagination. What happened to that little kid that used to have the imaginary tea parties, play cops and robbers and cowboys and Indians, and they would ride along on a broom? Being in the moment, the fort you built out of a box. That's dreaming. And so going back to find that inner kid where we can dream again, where we weren't as concerned about other people because we were in the moment, we were imaginative. That's what's kind of missing from our life. And that's why as an adult, as you get older, you begin to stop dreaming. And when you begin to stop dreaming, then you also begin to stop manifesting because someone along that way, maybe your parent, maybe a sibling, maybe a teacher, but someone told you, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That's not even possible. Do you think that maybe at some point in that time someone told Elon Musk that it wasn't possible? So, how do you begin to conquer your dreams? Because it, it is possible. But here's the thing with this. Are you willing to pay the cost to live the life you desire? Because there's a cost to it. And it doesn't mean that it's a financial dollars and cents. Sometimes it's opportunity cost. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? Are you willing to stand there in the face of people telling you that what you're doing and who you are is not enough and tell them, I am enough? Watch me. See, there's that confidence. And, and what about dealing with disappointment? It didn't go right the first time. Okay. All innovation happens from a mistake and staying the course. See, those are costs. Those are costs willing to look fear in the face and say you don't get a vote. So how do you begin to own your dream? Because it takes ownership, right? And as I shared yesterday, and if you missed yesterday, the episode has popped up. It says Daily Dose of Dr. Vitamin D live, and it talks about dreams. And the 10 steps to conquer your dream. And this week, we're going to talk about those steps and start to break them down. But here they are. Let me just give them to you. And as you process through them, you know, then you can begin to internalize them because it takes you, you to make it happen. I'm just the catalyst and the spark and your partner in this manifestation. So the very first step is ownership, which is what we're going to dive in deep to today. It takes clarity. You've got to know, know that you know that you know, but first it takes knowing who you are. People wonder why they can't love themselves or even fully love others. It's because they don't know who they are. They've been walking around as a bastardized version of themselves listening to all the programming and all the noise and all those voices in their head and in their ear, telling them they should be this, they shouldn't be this, they can't do that. And when they told them those things, then you know what happened? They stopped dreaming. 
They stop visualizing. They stop believing. And the very person, the very person that they needed to make things happen in their life, and that very person is you. Because you do have to think about the reality of it. And there's this space between dreaming and reality that you navigate. And I say that because people think, I can do anything I want to do. That is a lie. That's a lie, I'm gonna debunk that. And as a former school principal, a former educator, I know we often tell kids, you can do anything you want. So here's where the lie is. You can do what you're called to do. Every single person on this earth has been called to do something. And everything in alignment with that something, you can absolutely 100% do. And that you should begin a relentless pursuit of that and become 100% certain. And see, what you experience on this road in life is the journey. That's why you have to embrace the journey. When you're dibbling and dabbling in these other areas and things aren't working like you expected to do, and you're thinking you're a failure, you're not a failure. You're not in alignment. You're not in alignment. There's something out of sync. And whether the out of sync could be in your head, in your mind, the programming, it could be all of those places. And the fact that you have been spending so much time wondering, what's my purpose in life? Should I be doing this? You know what? The answer is buried inside of you under layers and layers of programming and fear and disappointment and self-flatulation. So you know what you have to do? You have to get conscious. You've got to make the unconscious conscious and go back to that child state where your imagination was free, where your imagination allowed you to dream big. Your imagination allowed you to really see what you're called to do because you know what? You were born with it. Have you ever wondered why you see people who they have prestigious jobs and they've gone to school, hundreds of thousands of dollars in college debt um, because they didn't have a parent um, or somebody in their life to pay for school for them. And they've taken all these courses, they've done all these things. And then they get to a stage in their life. They get to a clarity stage in their life and they keep saying, I'm just not happy. This doesn't even feel right. I'm not happy. And all their friends and family and parents and everybody around them is saying, what's wrong with you? You have everything. What do you have to complain about? Well, you know what? They're out of sync. They're out of order. And then they get clarity they get in that space, they get in that conscious space, they begin to develop that conscious muscle, they begin to visualize and dream and to rewire and remember, okay? They remember who they are and they go, you know what? I'm not gonna do this anymore, I'm doing this. And they actually change pathways, change careers, they change. And people think, uh-oh, something's wrong with them. They're crazy pants. Well, who knows? But if they are, so what? That's not your life. That's not your business. Unless they're going to harm themselves. But maybe they're dreaming. Maybe they're playing in that childlike state to get to that place where they get into alignment with who they are called to be. Not 
who the world, their parents, their aunts, their uncles, their brothers, and their sisters told them they should be. And that's why your dreams are so important. And that's why I say you need to put your dreams to the test because you've got to get quiet. You've got to spend that, that time by yourself, by yourself, conscious meditating, okay? Doing that dream, awakened dream state and let your mind just run and your thoughts just and to see and see the images that are created. Try it, try it today. Because if you really wanna live the life that you're called to do and the life that you desire and you dream about, it's gonna take commitment. It's going to take ownership from you, but you've got to be clear about that. And with that clarity and you dealing in the reality and you implementing a little bit of that passion, then you know what? Then there's a pathway. There's strategies. Affirmations without action is wishful thinking. It doesn't happen. Affirmation without action is wishful thinking. But you need to have that clarity, and all of these other things along that journey, that scaffolding to create that pathway. Because once you do that, the people who you are called to serve and the people who are called to support you will begin to show up. Because then you know what? You got to pay the cost. And a lot of times those are opportunity costs. They're opportunity costs. And then you need that tenacity, that relentlessness to achieve your dream. It doesn't mean it's happening overnight. It's not happening in five minutes. It's not happening, but it will happen. It will happen. But that's where that tenacity and the lessons you're learning along the way are created to help fuel your dream. Everything I've been through, everything I've been through brought me to such a time as now and prepared me for such a time as now. And once you get that in your head and you begin to look differently at the situations and realize those situations and those circumstances do not define you, once you get to that part, you know what happens? There's a consciousness, there's an awakening, there's an understanding that begins to transform your life in your situation, but it first starts in your mind. And then that fulfillment, you know, does it, does it feel good for you? Does it make you happy? Does it, are you happy doing that? Because if you're not, then you know what? There's always going to feel like a hole. See, you can want more and be happy. Wanting more is not a sign that you're missing something. Wanting more is a sign that you're happy, you love it, and you understand what abundance looks like, and you understand what abundance means. And so you know what you begin to do with this abundant thinking? You want more. But who wants more of something that doesn't make them happy? Have you ever wondered why if you are in management or in leadership, why your employees, especially today's millennials and Generation Z, don't want to work more hours, they don't want to come to work, they don't want to do all these various things? Because something's missing, doesn't make them happy. Why do they want more of that? They're just there to get a check. Just give me what I need, get a check. Well, how much and how much a part of our life that we've been just showing up to just get a check, to make it, to make the ends meet, but we're not being fulfilled and we're not happy. 
And usually that happiness comes and that more and that abundance comes with significance. What's the legacy? How are you adding value to others? That's what significance is. Because it's not just about you. It's not about you. It's what you're here. Everyone's here to give their gift to somebody else. That's why you got to get clear what that gift is. So how do you begin to own your dream, right? That's the that's the day's topic. How do you own your dream and understanding? Are you willing to pay the cost to live the life you desire? So here's the first. Okay, there's five steps to taking ownership of your dream. The very first one, don't compare. Do not compare yourself, your dream, your your manifestation, your ROI, what you see happening in your life to somebody else's. Everybody has their own, okay? You can collaborate, you can connect, you can tap in, you can lean in, you can receive, you can build, you can form a tribe, but do not compare. Bet on yourself. Take the risk on you. Start making things happen for you. When you start showing up for you, guess what? You attract other people. They go, wow. And from a conscious level, okay, from a headspace level, from a mindset level, you now begin to attract the energy because, see, you're putting out that energy, okay? Energy cannot be destroyed and you're putting it in and people are tapping into it. So when you're saying, I bet on me, I believe in me, I can make this happen. Yes. And you stay in that vibrational space. Guess what happens? Other people become attracted to you like a magnet, your opportunities, because you believe in you. And people go, well, why does anybody want to buy my product? Why does anybody want to hire me? Because you don't like you. So why do I want that around me? And if you do, if you're talking and you're toxic and you're doing all of that crazy stuff and you get someone and they're drawn to you, nine times out of 10, they're toxic too. And so now you're creating this little toxic energy force. My mama used to say growing up, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Okay. And those energies are there too. I was sharing this, um, let me share with you um, an experience an understanding and awakening for myself that I was sitting down with a girlfriend and we were talking about why do I always attract? So this might even be you too. Have you ever sat there and said, why do I attract this kind of person in my life? And we were talking about a relationship and I said, you know, recently after two divorces, after some very interesting in between relationships and even in the relationship that I get to experience now, I start to ask myself, okay, why do these things keep occurring? These these aspects of it. And here's the thing. There's a common denominator in that. (laughs) Can you guess what the common denominator is? Yeah, you guessed it. The common denominator is me. So it's nothing wrong with them, or it might be, but that's their juice. That's their jam. It's what's wrong with me. And when I say wrong, it means about my thinking. What am I saying? Because, see, your thoughts become words. Your words become actions. And I know you've heard the saying, and then that becomes your deed and shows out your character. So what was I thinking about myself? 
based on disappointment, confidence, issue, all of that. And what was I saying out of my mouth? I kept saying, I always attract those self-centered kind of men who, and you know what? When I looked at my history, you know what I began to see in my relationships? And not even just with men, but my girlfriend relationships with other women? The same type. I was speaking that into existence. <laughs> and because I'm such a giver, and I never felt like I should be receiving, that, you know what? I attracted narcissistic people in my life. People who were takers. Because opposites do attract. But it doesn't mean it's going to be for your good. So here I am. I'm a giver. And people try to do things for me. Oh, no, that's okay. I had zero expectations of people. I had zero. And you know what I got in return? Zero. And then I wondered about for myself, how come I would start these amazing projects that are ideated or written down, but I didn't finish? Well, it goes back to those expectations. So you know what I began? I took a year and I started doing the work. I started doing the work on me. On me. Going, okay, where does this come from? And as I began to pull back the layers, and I began to ask myself some very uncomfortable questions because I wanted to be clear. So you've got to ask yourself some very uncomfortable questions to be clear. And I start going back, okay, where did this start? And you see, most of our programming, most of the things that are impacting us in our now have been embedded and planted before the now. Oftentimes before we could do anything even about it. You see, those of you that understand, you know, how the brain works, and if you're interested in neuro-linguistic programming and, and really about how we're wired, and this is brain science, okay? This is brain science and how memories work. And, and if you don't believe me, and, and if you have children, see if you've said this to your children, okay? Or if you've heard this growing up. And someone's getting near the stove. And I know my grandmother used to say, okay, let them touch it. Let them touch it. It's hot. They'll touch it to see that it's hot. And I bet you they won't do it again. I bet you they won't do it again. Why? Because they got hurt. Why? Because they didn't like the sensation. Okay. So sound familiar? So when babies, you don't want them to get hurt. But sometimes, you know, when I was growing up back in my day, if you touch something and you and your and your parents will say, you better not touch that. That's hot. You're gonna get burned. You better not touch that. You better not do that. And they will tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't do things. Now I'm talking, I'm not saying don't be safe. That's not what I'm saying. That's not my point. Is that, but you've heard in your head, you've heard the music in your head. So anything that may hurt you, you may be repulsed by it. When you did touch something and you did get hurt or get into a relationship or someone told you you can't, someone told you that you shouldn't, someone told you, then you, again, you retract from that. And how about you being the little kid and someone comes up to you and you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say, I want to be an astronaut. I want to walk on the moon. You're not going to be able to do that. Do you remember any of those experiences? Well, that's part of the, the, the stock in your soup 
in your mental soup. That's part of the stock. And so when you're getting ready to feed yourself, okay, and put all those things into place, you know what happens? You go back and unconsciously react instead of respond. 95%, 95% of what we do and how we engage is built on our subconscious mind. It is. And we're acting and we're operating like robots most of the time. So that's why you have to make the unconscious conscious. And that's really important in owning your dream. Is that you have to go back in and say, where did this come from? And that's what I did. And so I began to speak life and bet on myself and say, you know what? I believe in you. You can do this. Okay, now here's, here's what you can do. Now let's work on the how. But it first starts with the belief. So do you believe in you? So that's the first part of you in owning your dream is betting on yourself. Do you believe in you? And if you don't believe in you, I'm talking about with 100% certainty. How can you expect anyone else? Okay. So start betting on you. Start believing in you and start doing the work to get to that point. If you're finding yourself that you're recoiling, if you're finding yourself kind of not really kind of engaging on a certain level, if you're finding all of these things about yourself that, you, that you, you're not happy with, because when you say that I love me, does it mean that everything about you you're happy with? Maybe you've been mean. Maybe that you're not nice to people. I'm not saying love that. I'm saying get to the root of it. Where did it start? Were you bullied as a kid? Did you feel rejected and so you're acting out? There's reasons for this stuff. There's part of your programming. I call it your psychological DNA. And it's all these things that you've dealt with over life or better yet you haven't dealt with that is really creating that roadblock for your dream. So if you want to own your dream, get clear, get clean that clutter out. Start start removing that stuff. Because once you realize you're not comparing, well, they have that, and start really focusing on you, you can then bet on yourself. And now you can lead your life, not somebody else's version of your life. You can lead your life. Are you interested in lead, leading your life? Are you interested in really just being happy? Are you interested in choosing joy? And if you are, then what are you going to do about it? Because it takes action on your part. It requires you to do something. It requires you to do something. So once you're not comparing yourself to the other people, why? Everybody is the best version of themselves. Everybody. So just be you. So here's what I say. And here's what I believe. I love me. And if you do, it's a bonus. And I'm 100% certain that I love myself. Oh, I'm so glad that you like it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad that you're here because this is why I do this. These are the things I had to say to myself. And when I had clients and people coming to me or I'm out, I'm talking to people, they start saying, well, how do you think and where did you come from? I go, this is what I do. Everything I'm sharing with you is how I process, okay? And so when I said that, I just had a meeting um, the other day, one of the people that came in the conference room, she said, I, I, will, I will never forget 
that we had a planning meeting for one of our Disrupt HR. I'm on the EMP advisory board. And so this is a room with executives. This is not hanging out with my girlfriends. I say this all the time. I am the same person 24 7, 365. And I love myself. Okay. And when I start finding that something's not right, then I need to get quiet and ask myself some some questions. So what I said to her, she said, I will never forget, Dina. She said, um, we were introducing ourselves around the table. And one of the very last things you said after your little introduction, you know, they give you the little 60 seconds, introduce yourself to the team. She said, you said, I love me. And if anybody else does, that's a bonus. And that was my closing point. And so she's like, that made me think about, do I love myself? And I was like, wow, then guess what? I'm doing my job because I have a purpose to inspire, empower, and transform minds by really helping people begin to think of who they are so that they can live the life that they really desire. And that's why it brings me to the next one. Number four is loving what you do. I love this. I absolutely love this. So did I start in the space? No. When I was a kid, I kept saying, I want to be on the stage. I want to be an actress. I want to be on TV. I want to be on the stage. I want to, you know, and I used to bury myself in books so I can live all these various lives and these different lives in these books. Right. And so I can create these stories, but I was always me on the stage, telling stories, collecting stories, getting caught up in stories. But then as I grew and I have a background in education, I was an educator over 20 plus years and a school principal for about 10 of those years. And that sense of community. And then as a speaker, I am on that stage. But my staff used to come to me when they would meet with me during our different review sessions. And they said, you know what, you're like our life coach because you really want to help us because I wanted them to see how great they were and stop judging themselves. And I would always ask, so what is it that you, where do you see yourself? What do you want? And how can I support you in getting there? Support doesn't mean taking over. And I have to learn that as a parent. That's a whole nother story. Go check the other episode when I had to, I broke down um, about really what it is as parents and supporting our children without taking over their lives, right? So I kept saying to myself, you know what? I love what I do. And I want to have my own syndicated show. I have my own theme music. I can see myself walking on the stage. I can see myself there interviewing people. Real stories, real truths. I want the truth. I want the real story. I don't necessarily want your Hollywood gospel. I want to talk and talk about things and ways that we can individually support each other because it's our collective stories, our collective power that makes collective great things, right? And so I was sitting there and I was praying about that and, and I had a couple of different things kind of happen. And I was doing live talk radio on LA talk radio for um, a while. And I said, you know, I want to control my narrative and start the podcast, but I wasn't consistent because see, you need three things to really begin to show up for yourself and to begin to really operate and lead your life so that you can love what you do. You need clarity, you need confidence, and you need consistency. And what was missing often was the consistency part. And so I was like, well, when I get that opportunity or when someone invites me and I'm doing everybody's show and you know what? God just blooped it right in my spirit. He said, you start showing up for you. You actually have a pot platform. When they announce you can do beta testing for pot being live, you can do it. You have your show show up for you. And I shared on the other day where someone said, oh my God, this is really good. 
because I don't know if anyone's going to pop in. At least when I'm posting episodes, people see them at different times. And it's nothing like sitting on air with you being the only person on air and it's live. So you're sitting there live by yourself. But you know what? I said, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to sit here and talk to myself and give what I give because then I can always boil this down to go on the podcast later. But whether it's one person, five people, 10 people, 20 people, it doesn't matter. I'm going to show up for me. I'm. This is part of my life story. This is part of my journey. I love it. It helps me get out of my head so that I can live and lead, right? Because we spend a lot of times in our head. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to show up. And each time I show up, guess what? People come in and people come in. They come in, they pop out, they come in and pop out, but that's life. People come in and out of your life. You are the only constant. So love you, bet on yourself, lead from your framework and understanding. And if there's anything cloudy, work on getting clear, begin to love what you do. And on the journey to getting there, you might have to do some other things That might not be what you want to do, but if you looked at it from the framework that this is part of the fertilizer to help you grow into what you love to do, then you will embrace it differently and see the opportunity in the obstacle. Change your framework, change your lens, think differently and watch how you process. I'm not saying you won't get mad and upset and frustrated sometimes. And when that begins to happen, let me tell you another one of my secrets. You guys are getting all the secrets today. So I was talking to one of my clients and I told her I schedule my tantrums. Yes, I said it. I schedule my tantrums. What does that mean? That means when I'm feeling out of sorts and I'm feeling like, ugh, and I'm going, okay, what's going on with you? Or something happens and I didn't like it. And I know that I need to process it, not power through it. I get my phone. I set the timer. I put 10 minutes on it, and for 10 minutes, I get to go at it. I can feel sorry for myself. I can talk about how I have the worst life, that nobody loves me. I can do that for 10 minutes. I can get all that crazy stuff out of my head, all those feelings and emotions that are bubbling. I get it all out of my system. But when the 10 minutes are over, I shut it down. Okay, finished. And then I spend 15 minutes in intentional gratitude, being thankful for what I have. The fact that I have breath, that I have limbs, that I have clothes, that I have a mouth, that I just go at it for 15 minutes. And you know what happens? I honored the disappointment. I acknowledged it. I acknowledged even the fear, all of those things. But I remembered to follow it with the gratitude and the appreciation. Every day above ground is good. You're absolutely right. Every day. And so it helps me. So I have less tantrum moments (laughs) than I used to in the beginning when I started this journey. Okay. But I, I decided to take control. You have the choice to react or respond. And I chose to respond. I choose every day to respond. And that means that I need to be intentional and conscious about my actions. And so with that, it allows me to lead, support, and other, help other people walk through that. So that's what this podcast is about, walking through glass. And for if you're new here, let me know. Say, hey, I'm new, whatever. I'd like to say hello to you. Is that here's the concept. So I'm going to share this piece with you. Walking through glass, what this means, why I came up with the title, why this. And it's important, I realize, to share that so people really get it. 
You see, you're new and you're fabulous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so Vendetta dead. And so I said to myself, and working in coaching and developing um, corporate professional executive women who look boss on the outside. I mean, and you might know someone like this in your life. This might be you. And you're every day you got to show up because everybody's looking for you to make the decisions. Everybody's looking for you. And whether you're a mom, a professional woman, an executive, a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever, you got to be polished on the outside. And I work with all kinds. Okay. But when they would go home, that inner bully would beat them up. They begin to question who they are. They'd be questioned if they're enough. They're listening to all the feedback. So it wasn't through breaking through the glass ceiling because as a woman, there's nothing more powerful than a woman with a made up mind. We're going to get the job. We're going to get the man. We're going to get the such and such. We're going to work on it. But when we get it, then we begin. That's when the questions start, right? That's when it starts happening. The questions, they're going, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? And so when that happens, that's the glass, the shards of glass. Fear, anxiety, imposter syndrome, deceit, disappointment that starts to cut us. So this podcast is about walking through the glass. Can I talk to you? Do I coach people on how to own the room, um, how to speak with influence and stand in their power? Absolutely. And I love doing that. I do. But you know what my calling is? What my truth is? is I know what it's like to have the position, the power, and the paycheck, but zero purpose and lots of disappointment. And that's a dark place to be. And I've made it my mission because it is part of my purpose that I'm gonna show up and be that voice, be that catalyst because I know what it's like to walk through the glass. So life happened. And maybe on another show, I'll do a whole nother show about, I call it my Phoenix story, is that I'm not new to this, but this is my truth, okay? So owning my dream, you're part of my dream. You're listening, you're a part of my dream, and I thank you. I'm so grateful for you showing up. I'm grateful that you're standing here. I'm so grateful that you're listening. I'm so grateful when you put in the message that, you know what, this this means something. Thank you, this is good stuff. Because I said, God, I don't want it to be about me. What do they need? I don't wanna stroke my own ego. I wanna walk in my excellence. I wanna be who you've called me to be. And so that's what I say, and that's what I speak every day in my life. And you know what, I love it. I love it, which gets me to the fifth. Believe in your vision. Believe in your vision. Close your eyes. And if you're safe in a place right now, close your eyes. Where now do you see yourself? What does that look like for you? What does it look like? Close your eyes and see it. And when you begin to see it, because you know, and I'll do a whole nother study about how our brain works and memory. I tell people, I'm just a nerd, I'm fabulous. And and how the brain works and neuroscience is huge. When you get to the biology of our beliefs, and I got a chance to meet Dr. Bruce Lipton at our John Maxwell IMC conference in August, and he's amazing. And his book, Biology of Belief, talks about how our beliefs work and what we attract from a cellular level. This is the science of it. 
It's not guru. I'm not asking you to drink some Kool-Aid and believe it, to smoke something and believe it. I'm saying that if we looked at the science, a cellular science, the neurological science of how we're made, made up, and I believe I probably coined the phrase psychological DNA. This is about psychological DNA. You'll hear me say that a lot on this show. Is that believing in that vision? How many of you create vision boards? Do you create vision boards? How often do you create vision boards? And when you create these vision boards, right? And, and why they're so powerful and you see it and your brain begins to remember, begins to talk. And when, you're cre when you've created this vision board, you know what happens is that you begin to line up all the steps, okay? You begin to attract the people, the things, and what you visualize. It's like your brain remembers it and it brings it forth. And so you begin to act. Now, here's the disclaimer, okay? And I say this because I had a person who was near and dear to me. Um, and she would say, <laughs> she would say, you know, um, she'd go take pictures at different houses in Calabasas and this is going to be my house. I'm going to do this and that. And she's amazing. But I said, well, what are you doing to get to that point? Well, she was sitting there waiting. It's the same thing when people say, I'm just going to wait here on God. Well, God gave you the power to do, do something. Have faith and believe. He didn't say sit and just wait. And now, again, there's some other texts to that. When I say sit and wait, he didn't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go. I, I need this job. Okay, you're in a position where you need a new job. But yet, I'm going to sit and wait on God. I'm waiting. I'm believing God for my job. But you never put in an application anywhere? You never talked to anybody and told me you're looking for a job? So that's what I'm talking about. When you can't just sit and wait. But when we talk about timing, that's different because our timing and God's timing is different. And so that's why when you stay the course and you have this belief and you have this understanding, you have this new framework, you have this new vision, you are looking differently at the journey and you're embracing the journey. Okay. Yep. God helps those who help themselves. That's right. And so it's, that's part of it. So here's the thought. Because this is all about ownership today. We're doing like um, the actual the actual cycle, right? Because there's there's different steps and I didn't want to power through just any one particular one. I wanted to break it down. And so for those of you who are new and, and aren't already subscribed and follow Walking Through Glass the Podcast, I invite you to definitely follow us because it's going to get better. It's going to get even more amazing. And the fact that we can go live now just makes it more that you can even be more interactive. And if you're interested in, you know, calling in and being, you know, a guest, I'd love to have and have an actual conscious conversation um, with you as well. And share, definitely share with friends, loved ones, other people that you know. And if this podcast which can be listened to not just on Podbean. We're on iTunes, Apple Music Play, Google Music Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and soon to be iHeartRadio. Um, and you can actually share it with your friends. And I love, 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 because again, I'm not going away. I'm staying in the course. And as I um, become more seasoned in this and, and begin to embrace this framework, then you know what? It's only going to get even better for you. And so this is our journey. If you have a topic, especially if it's this week about dreams or want to process through or talk it through. I love to, you know, have a laser live moment and you, we can post the question in the comment section and I'll bring that up. So if you have a comment, if you, if you want some help 
ideating and working through that, you know, put that in the message and let me know what that is. And I'll talk about it um, this week. So again, these questions and these thoughts, it's not just about me. It's actually here for you because I'm going to ask you a hard question. Okay. Are you owning your dream? Are you willing to pay the cost to live the life you desire? Because here's the big piece. What if you had no limitations? You had no limitations that you didn't make excuses for yourself of why you couldn't, why you didn't, why you shouldn't. Hmm. Yeah. What if you had no limitations when you take ownership? Because we're going to start with that first. Remember, there's 10 pieces of this. Let me go back to my note. There's 10 steps to conquering your dreams. And the first one is ownership. It's huge. So you got to clear out a lot of clutter so you can take ownership, right? Kind of like buying a new house. All right. Or even going and rehabbing a house. You got to clear it out. Sometimes you got to knock the walls down, get rid of stuff. But you, you've got to remove some stuff. So now you can take ownership. So when you take ownership of your dream, you commit to your dream. I mean, commit. And have a relentlessness about the pursuit thereof. So one of my mindset coach, Paul Martinelli, president of the John Maxwell team, my mentor, mindset coach, he asked us during our IMC think tank day. And he said, write down, and I ask you to do this right now. He said, write down your definition of what 100% certainty means. What does 100% certainty mean? Write it down. So room hundreds of people, we write it down. And then at our tables, he said, okay, now share your definitions with everybody at the table. Does everybody have the same definition? Similar. And he said, okay, so now let's take that to another level. When I'm asking you about this 100% certainty, is there anything in your life, anything in your life that you're 100% certain about? Anything. Anything. Wow, that was a game changer. Because we also think that we're asking, we're looking at our value add proposition for those of us that are entrepreneurs and we're doing all this other stuff, right? And um, you have your spiel, you got your, your elevator pitch and all of that. And you wonder why people don't, yep, death and taxes. Ha! Yes, that's true. I'm 100% death and taxes. But even those taxes fluctuate, but that death goes. You're so right, right? So those are going to happen. And so what about you and your dreams and what you want and what you desire? Are you 100% committed? Are you 100% certain that this is for you? Because if you're 100% committed and 100% certain, then you can have relentlessness, meaning not stopping until goals achieved, not stopping. Throw in a brick, duck, and keep moving. Trip, fall, get up, keep moving. Someone tells you that they don't care about you, walk away, okay, got you, keep moving. And that's what that relentlessness comes from that. And when you begin to take ownership of your dream, you commit to your dream. And so I've begun to commit on a level I've never seen before. Why? Because I became very conscious. I did the work. So ask yourself, what's your level of commitment? And what if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you be doing? If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you be doing? Okay. And in and, and, and the real zone for that, when you're talking about your dreams, if you're saying, well, if I knew I couldn't fail, that I would actually... Um, marry and pursue and date Bradley Cooper type of thing. Okay, now we're kind of playing a little bit in other people's. Let's think about you, yourself, and having ownership of your dream and those things that are attached to you and your purpose, right? 
Because the first step in being able to answer is to take ownership of your dream, identify it, and prepare to start moving forward. And for those of you that are just popping on, we talk about the five things that you need to own your dream. And I'm going to briefly recap them because I added a lot of commentary. So I'm going to recap these really quick. So taking ownership of your dream requires you to not compare your dream to someone else. Don't compare yourself. Stop it. Women, ladies out there, we do it a lot. Stop it. Okay. Stop. Don't compare yourself. Bet on yourself. Okay. Start investing in you. 100%. Relentlessly investing in you. Invest in your personal growth. Invest in, in your, your physical understanding. Invest in you, period. You have a project before you ask everybody else to put their money in, you put the first five cents in. And if you don't have the money, then use your sweat equity, right? Because everything is it's gonna cost. Your dream is gonna cost. Are you willing to pay the price? And then once you're starting to realize, I can bet on me, you begin to lead your life. You be the leader of your life, not naysayers, everybody else. They told me to do this and it's always they. So my goal, I will, I visualize this every day. I have a red carpet in my office. I'm going to do a TED talk and you have to pardon the language, but there was no other way to say it. The title of the TED talk is who the fuck is they? They is you. Okay. So when we're looking around saying they don't want me to do this, it's you. It's that inner bully. Okay. So when you guys see the TED talk, or if you know someone who's hosting a TEDx, I'd love to do that because I've been submitting, submitting, and a couple of them haven't gone through, but I have a relentless pursuit to do this TED talk. And again, that TED talk is going to be fire. So if you know somebody, you're connected to somebody, let them know I have an amazing TED talk. Okay. About dealing with that inner bully, that mindset. Um, okay. So when you begin to lead your life, and you begin to be, again, not to be the backup dancer, when you get to be the Beyonce of your life, okay? You in front, you're, you're scripting your narrative. Then you, you, you will love it. And anything you don't love, fix it. And before you start looking at other people and asking, why didn't they? Why don't you ask yourself, why didn't you? Start with you first. If you start with you, I guarantee you, you'll get to the answer and the solution much faster because the answer might mean you need to remove that person, that thing, that situation from your life. And if that's the case, then guess what? Do it because you've got to believe in your vision. So you don't compare, you bet on yourself, you lead your life, you love what you do and believe in your vision. But you know what you really have to do is to see the vision, see it. See it in your mind. Create your vision board. Use things like social media, like even Instagram, right? Because I call that my virtual vision board, right? So here's the thing. There's a cost. There's a cost to the dream. And you'll nominate me. Please nominate me for that TED Talk. I definitely want to do that. I'll put some links. If you follow and, and you send me a message, because it doesn't allow you to um, save these conversations in the live and it doesn't allow you to have messaging in the lives just from here I'll give you all the information and even links to some of my videos of my talks for disrupt HR and I'll be in DC talking at the ERE recruiting conference in DC in a couple weeks I'll be at um, the I win girl global in Arizona to um, to speak I'll be speaking in South Carolina in November, I am a speaker and I challenge myself 
to be on a hundred platforms other than my own by the end of 2019. And I'm very close to that. Yesterday I was on Talent Talk Live. So what do I do? What do I speak about? I speak about leadership. I speak about transformation. I speak about really owning and understanding who you think you are so that you can actually get out of your head and lead. And so I speak on those platforms um, on a professional level, on an international level, and you get all of this on Walking Through Glass as well, which is where I really get to pour my heart out. Um, and I love this version because I can go as long as I need to. So here's the cost. Let's get to the cost. All right. The cost of the dream. The cost, not talking just dollars and cents. So when I'm saying, what is it going to cost you? I'm also talking about um, opportunity cost that's involved. It's not just about the money. The money will come. Pursue your passion and the paycheck and will follow. Okay. Get dedicated. Okay. And very deliberate and the dollars will follow. But if you're just talking money in the front, it, it really creates more disappointment for you. And then you're ideating on what you don't have instead of being able to operate in the abundance of all the opportunities and the plausibilities that are there. Okay. So I'm not talking just about dollars when I say the cost of your dreams. Okay. Are you willing to pay the price? Do you avoid the question, avoid the cost or avoid your dream? Because when people ask you, what do you dream? Do you just kind of sidestep? Do you kind of go, well, kind of, sort of, because you're afraid to share what it really is? My life, as far as having more stage time and having more opportunities um, that are there, you know, um, didn't really begin to happen a lot until I start telling people what I wanted and start telling people and um, I got to tell y'all another story break. So I hope, you know, y'all don't mind if you listen, have this little story break. And if you have to pop out in the middle of the story or anything like that, that's okay. Catch it on the replay because the replay will be posted up uh, by the morning. So here's the deal. Check out. Oh, okay. I'll definitely do that. Thank you. Vendetta dad. He is like on fire today. He said also a random thing to check out. I will definitely do that. I'm going to um, take a picture of that. But let me, let me share with you this. Okay is that I knew very, very early on that I wanted to write, loved writing. And I said, I would love someone to pay me to think and write. <laughs> if you paid me to think and write, I would be so happy, okay? That's it, to think and write. And I would read, I would read, I'd go find corners and I would visualize, I can see this house. I love my Judy Bloom. I love, oh, just writing period, okay? I even watch Murder, She Wrote on repeat now because I love that. And as I progress through education, I have a bachelor's degree in economics from San Diego State, go Aztecs. I was initially a finance and international business major, but I decided I wanted to graduate in this millennium. And so I pivoted from that and graduated with a degree in economics, but still knew I had a passion. And my goal was to go to law school. Why? Because I wanted to do corporate law. I wanted to work with mergers and acquisitions and all that type of stuff. Because why? I saw a pretty woman and I didn't want to be Julia Roberts. I wanted to be Richard Gere. I wanted to buy companies, fix them and sell them. Okay. <laughs> so that was that piece. But then Along the journey, I started asking myself the why. What did I really want? And I had always loved education and I did a lot of mentoring. I worked with different programs that really helped me understand my gift. Okay. 
And um, I've always been smart. I've always been intelligent, but I also always paid a price for that. And if you think, oh, people outside of my family bullied me, no, oftentimes it was people in my family. Um, I was bullied for being smart, okay? Um, made fun of and ridiculed and always pretty much told if I got excited about something or learning and shared that I thought I was better than everybody else. And 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 I thought, you know, and so that that piece was planned very, very early in life with me. So when I think about the now and the journey and the path that my professional life has taken, I have to go back to that. And the very person who was supposed to love me the most and cheer me on the best, right? Yep, you understand that. Welcome is that it was my mom. And my mom was really smart, but she got married young. She had kids young. There's nine of us in our family. I'm number seven, okay? And so she didn't finish college and later she would go back and take classes. My mom, again, she's just extremely you know, bright. And she remarried a couple of times. So anytime that I would share, and I were probably much more alike than different, but it was like I was a rub for her. So if I got excited about things I was learning or I wanted to talk, it was like I was made fun of or it could cause the situations and these tense moments where it, um, I just learned to be quiet. So the simplest things that I would say, I would be blasted because I, I was saying it because I was arrogant and I think I'm smarter and better than everybody else. And you think you're better than everybody else. And I would get that. And I would get that from inside my house not outside my house, okay? And so in getting that, if you don't think that that shaped the way I interact with people, women, whatever, and and the belief about that. And here's the other piece, this followed, mm-hmm, yep. And when men can experience it too, that is sad, but it speaks to themselves, it speaks to them. But so it wasn't until my now, and again, I've lived a great, you know, had some great experiences. If I harbored ill will for my mom, then that is phantom limbs and garbage that is bringing me down and, and, and preventing me from flying. So here's the thing. And it took a while. It took some growth for me to understand the opportunity and the journey and to embrace it because everything that I've been through prepared me for such a time as now. You see, when I walked into the professional space, I spent over 20 years as a teacher and I loved the learning, pushed my kids hard when I went into school administration and every time I'm in the room, okay? People always say, you know what? You're just too smart for your own good. What does that mean, huh? What, what is that? So I didn't only experience it that then it was, you're, you know, you're, I was in a male dominated space and then it was like, I used to show up and it was like, oh, she's a beautiful black Barbie. No, I'm pretty much a lethal thinking machine. And I thought I had to always get the word in and share with people because I wasn't gonna be put down anymore. I wasn't gonna be put in a box anymore. I wasn't gonna da 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 because I've my whole life, people been telling me this and I can't help it that I'm smart. So when I say this theme has been running through my life in all of my 47 years, okay? And each time I've run up against people, situations, and institutions that really wanted to critique and blast me because I was intelligent. And so when I would start projects and ideas, 
And I ideated. So now here, now here's the other side. Guess who they came to when they needed an idea, right? Guess who they came to when they wanted someone to put all the strategy together? They came to me, but yet I wasn't supposed to have a part. I was supposed to make them look good. And so what I did is I began to build a life, a profession, and a business around being behind the scenes, building others. Because if I got in the light, then people would think I thought I was better than them. But really, it wasn't that I thought I was better than them or I think I'm better than them. What it is is that I love to serve. I'm a servant leader. I love to serve and support. And so when I began to really do the work and I go, where did I get this from? Guess what? I go all the way back. I go all the way back. Why don't I ask people to support me? Because I've been disappointed by the very people and the very person was supposed to love me. So I remember being, what was I, 10, 11 years old, walking several miles home from my middle school, eighth grade trip down some streets that weren't the greatest because my mom wouldn't pick me up. Not that she didn't have a car, she didn't, she just said, you know what, you always think this and you shouldn't have went, and, and just blasted me. And so I walked home at close to midnight by myself. So if you don't think it's stuff like that that doesn't impact you now and you owning your dream, you're lying to yourself. So now I celebrate those moments because I had to go back and go, I had to make the unconscious conscious because you know what? I just said, I'm going to do it anyway. So why couldn't I be in relationships where I allow people to support me? Because they're going to disappoint me. And my first thought was, they're not going to come through for me. They're not going to help me. So let me just be the helper. I got to do for myself. So let me just do, let me just do, let me just do. And so I built a life of not asking for help, not asking for support. And I'm going to tell you to make my dream happen, I need support. So I had to have some hard conversations with myself, some difficult conversations. And people say, you know, do you not do things because you're afraid of success? No. I mean, afraid of failure? I said, no, it's the success. Everything I put my hand to is magic. It's cold. It's a gift. God just, God, God gave me literally the, 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 he gave me the gifts of creativity and thought. Not only am I an abstract thinker, I'm very strategic. I'm abstract and strategic. So I see big picture and I can scaffold it into steps and I can ideate the hell out of some things. I'm very quick. My thought processes are very quick. But yet, over the course of my life, when I stepped into those spaces, again, I kind of, I, 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 I hit brick wall. It wasn't until I literally started, like I said, to do the work and get down to having some tough conversations and stop looking at everybody else as to what's wrong. That's it. It's me. It's me. It's your mouth. It's your belief. You don't believe in you. That's why they don't. You put on a good front. So it wasn't like I walked around and, you know, people didn't think I was successful. I was, I was very successful, but miserable on the inside. I was dying from the inside out from all the questions. And I didn't understand where the questions were coming from. So that's what I call your phantom limbs, okay? Those phantom limbs. And you gotta go pull those weeds and roots out so that you really can grow. 
and cut them off because they're stifling you from really getting all the nourishment that you need. Okay. So when I talk about the cost, it's not just dollars and cents. It's a cost of, can you get out of your ego so you don't let it get in the way of your excellence? Can you go back and deal with all of that excess baggage and go ahead and drop it off? It's weighing you down. See, the dream is free. The dream is free. You can dream, you can sit here. And I have something I call Mondays are for me. And all I do is visualize and I dream and I ideate and I just see that I don't have a lot of tight, tight structure on that day because I allow myself to free thought and flow, right? Because that's what I needed in my business model. Why? I'm not comparing myself to other entrepreneurs that say the hustle is real, the hustle is 24-7, grind all the time. I don't believe in that. I don't subscribe to that, okay? I don't. I don't, you have to put things in place. But when I was trying to do that, I, I couldn't find syn synchronicity in that. So the dream is free. Spend some time dreaming. Dreaming, seeing the bigger, the largest of it. The dream is free, but the journey isn't, you see? So then I also have to pay the cost. That means on the road to getting to my red carpet, right? My TED Talk, <laughs> the dream of speaking on more stages internationally and nationally, the dream of my own talk show, okay? Syndicated talk show, not just talk show, my own syndicated talk show, okay? Yes, vulnerability is where you grow. I had to learn that vulnerability, right? Because you know what? You you, you kind of got to be tough or if you're, if you're crying and, and I was in a, I, I worked for the department of defense and I'm in the room, the only female in the room with military colonels, generals and et cetera. And so you have to kind of be tough and you got to play on their, on their turf. Right. And so I had to cultivate this, this essence of who I was, but it wasn't until I started to use my voice as it was. And I started to own my voice and own my dream and realize that God gave me this because there's power. And here's what I want to say to you. There's power. You have the power and you have the authority to transform your situation. You do. You just got to be willing to pay the cost. Okay. So the price must be paid sooner than you think. It means showing up. It means showing up. And I almost didn't do a live today because I said, oh, I said I was going to go on at 7.30. I didn't get on. Why? Because I was really tired. Woke up late, had to get my, make my son some breakfast and make his lunch because, you know, to go to school and I'm not going to go. And as I walked back up the stairs, I said, you will, you will, you will begin to show up every day and be consistent. And if you were 20 minutes late, 30 minutes late, so what? You will be consistent. You will show up. And here I am. And so are you. And I appreciate you. I value you more than you ever know. You are part, part of my dream. You're part of that fertilizer that really helps me grow. When you understand that the price will be higher than you expect, okay, it cost me some things. It cost me some relationships. It cost me some opportunities. And as I was sharing with one of my clients the other day, and we talked about the, our, our, our whys and what stops us sometimes is because we then have to pay the price of our time. Time lost can't be regained. That's a huge cost. So that's why sometimes, you know, you have to, you have to put, you have to decide in your life and in your business, is this worth the cost? Is it worth my time? And if it is, then show up, especially if it's for you. And here's the here's the part that's the rub. 
the part that hits you in the solar plexus. Sometimes the price must be paid more than once, like taxes, right? Vendetta dead. <laughs> you got to pay the price more than once. As you go through your learning and growing cycles, okay, you will encounter, okay, you'll repeat and you will encounter a different level of the situation and everything else that you had worked on prior is preparing you to grow, to scaffold you that's there. And so here's some quick, um, quick types of costs, right? Is that the types of costs that you have time with family and friends, dealing with criticism from people who matter. That's where it hurts from people who matter. If they don't matter, don't worry about them. Dealing with that criticism from people who matter is huge. The price for overcoming your fears, doing it afraid, doing it anyway, okay? You see, fear doesn't get a vote. Does fear exist? Yes, but yet let fear be the catalyst to put you. Be afraid to not live your dream. And so that means you can have relentless pursuit and fear, and there is some synchronicity to it. And then the price of hard work. That's where many of us really... Once we get over that fear, once we get over that other stuff, it's really the hard work. It's like, dang, I got to do all that? Oh my gosh, I got to show up and, and put in the work? Why can't someone do it for me? Because why? You got to pay sweat equity first. You got to believe in you first. You got to bet on you first. And once you do, others will follow. So ask yourself, what is your dream worth? Only you can figure that out. Count up the cost. So my son is a senior. I'm going to be an empty nester too soon. He's a senior in high school and he's going to go away to college. And I knew that I had to make some shifts. Number one, when I left from living overseas, um, after spending 16 years of working with the Department of Defense, I lived for eight years in Germany, eight years in South Korea. And I moved back to the United States in 2016. My son, Xavier, was born in South Korea. So technically, he's a little Borean boy, okay? And so in coming back here, I knew he was starting high school and I needed to be present. Those 17, 18 hour days I was pulling in all those commitments and the stress and the toll that it was taking on me was a lot. And I needed to be present. So the cost of not being present was something I wasn't willing to pay, okay? For my dream of being an entrepreneur and, and working in certain spaces, okay? And training and leading all over and speaking all over the globe. I needed to be present for him. This is his senior year. I put a schedule on my calendar first. He plays football. Fridays, sorry, Fridays are non-negotiable. It's Friday night lights, Friday football. I'm not doing it. I don't care if my sorority meeting, whatever it is, I'm not going. I had two speaking engagements. One was an award show and they said, well, can you come? I said, I'm sorry, what date? I'm sorry, that's Friday. I have football Friday, I can't do it. Thank you very much, I can't do it, can't go. So here's the deal. That cost wasn't worth the dream because my other dream, because we have multiple types of dreams and we'll talk about that on a different day, the types of dreams, right? Is that me being present and being his mom and showing up, baby, that's that's a, that's my greatest dream. He's my greatest achievement. I love that. I love being there. I love being the first one when he walks off the field and he hugs me and he kisses me and we sit there, we have our moment. And then after the game, we sit and talk about the game. Yeah, I'm a sports mom. I love sports. So we talk about opportunities and he's a co-captain this year. Missing him was not worth it. So wasn't willing to pay that cost. So you have to figure out what your dream is worth and where do you want to spend, okay? And so you begin to count them up. And how much are you willing to pay for? What are you not willing to pay? So relationship, I'm not willing to pay that. Not with my son, okay? 
So not with, you know, key members of my family who matter. I'm not willing to pay that because those prices are too high. But I'll tell you this, the bigger the dream, the higher the cost. And as times shift and your seasons shift, then again, you'll be able to. So after football season, I have more time to spend. He's a driver. He doesn't need me in his fast in his face all the time. So then I can kind of go back and do some of those other things, right? But right now, nope. And then academically, we're working on some things. It's mandatory. He has to sit with me 30 minutes every night to talk about what he's learning, what work and process through the classes and stuff. Every night, Monday through Friday, minimum of 30 minutes. He picks the subject, but we're going to talk it through. Okay. So he knows what am I sending the message? I'm invested. You're not, we're, we're in this together. We're on team awesome together. Okay. Don't leave your dream to chance. It's one thing to have a dream, another to do the things to achieve it. Don't just think it's going to happen by happenstance. Get strategic about it. Set a plan in place. Start to begin to figure that out and then write it down. See who and what you need to support. Where, where do you, where's your hole? Where are your gaps? See, when you take inventory of your gaps, that's the, that's the most, that's the best thing and probably the most powerful thing that you can do because now you know where you need to shore up. Okay. Increase the odds of your dream, becoming a reality with the 10 dream test questions from put your dream to the test. And so I'll probably put those on, uh, maybe I'll put it on one of my Instagram. You can definitely follow on Instagram because this platform doesn't allow you to include it. Or maybe I'll put a link when, oh, that's what I'll do. When I post the show and to the podcast version, I'll put a link and there is a 10 dream test question. So for you to put your dream to the test and help you engage in that process. And you make those decisions. Is your dream worth it? Yesterday I had posted cause it just dropped in my spirit. And I want to share this with you before we go is that don't abort your dream to adopt somebody else's purpose. Okay. Do not abort your dream to adopt somebody else's purpose. That's why you need to get clear, get clear about who you are, what you dream, visualize that. So you can be confident when you show up, when people bring you opportunities and they bring you situations and they want to give you the next best thing that's great for you. You can be confident and say, okay, I'm sorry. No, thank you. That I'm not aligned to that. That's not part of my now. No, thank you. And this happened to me. I had an individual, he wanted to do some work with me and to collaborate um, in the partnership space. And then I had to share with him. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. I have a couple of partnerships that I'm working on with right now. I said, and here's my lane. Here's what I do. I'm a John Maxwell speaker, coach, and trainer. And I work within leadership and helping leaders make shifts so that they can lead, get out of their head and lead. And in 2017, I founded the lead her shift movement to help women begin to shift the way they think about themselves and the way they learn, experience, apply, and develop so that they can do so unapologetically. If it's not in those two categories, I'm not working with it right now, okay? And he's like, oh, well then, well, how can I work with you? Because see, people will come to you because they want to be your accountability partner. They want you to be their mentor. I said, well, the only openings I have right now is in the client space. So you can be a client. You see, my time is really valuable. My insight is very powerful. My gifts are, are a gift from God. He blessed me with this ability. Because sometimes I'm like, God, how do I know what? Really? So it's not me. 
It's a gift. And I am supposed to share it. But here's what God also said to me. You're supposed to prosper from it. I did not give you this gift to help you be a pauper, a pauper. You know, you have a child to feed. You know, you have lot, you have things to do. You have goals to make. You have lives to impact. And you can't go out there bastardizing your dream and your gifts for any and everybody. So get clear. Okay. Be confident and know what that is so that when people come at you, you can say yes to you. Okay. So if they don't like the way it's framed, tell them, oh, uh, honey, I'm not telling you no. I'm saying yes to me. Does that help you a little bit better? I'm saying yes to me. And when you get clear and you're confident, you know what that leads to consistency. It helps you have consistent practices and actions to help you manifest your dreams. And that's how you own it. That's how you live it. But it starts with you. It starts with you. And the longer that you keep running around trying to be everything to everybody, the less you have to give to you. And all you're going to be doing is feeding yourself all the, the rubbish, the leftovers. And honey, that is not enough to nurture and fertilize, to grow these big, bold dreams. So I invite you today to really get clear. Sit down, do some work, ask yourself some tough questions. Ask yourself, how am I, how am I going to make this happen. The very first step in your homework today is to dare to dream so that we can begin to prepare the dream. And eventually you'll wear the dream. And if necessary, we might have to repair the dream because you were destined to share the dream. But it all starts with you. So that's what I got today. I went way over. I was going to do 20 minutes, whatever, we're way over an hour. And so I want to make sure that if there's any questions that you have, um, anything that you want to bring that you want to talk about, any ideas you want to explore, especially from that dream space, um, please, you know, put that in there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for being on the call um, this long. And like I said, you know, we're definitely in a growing season. And as Walking Through Glass, the podcast grows, we definitely need your vote and your feedback and your reviews. So definitely subscribe, invite 10 people that you love who are dreamers in the making or who need to dream to actually um, to subscribe and join. If you are interested in being a guest, definitely. I, if you're interested in being a guest, please reach out. And I do conscious conversations, which are pre-recorded uh, interviews. And we drop those on Sundays. And so if you're interested in being a guest, I would love to have you. And we have conscious conversation. We don't have these um, these long, I just put inside info at Dr. Dina Speaks. And you can definitely reach out to me. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all platforms at Dr. Dina Speaks. And I would love to connect with you. And if you're interested in a guest or you know someone who should be a guest, send me an information, send me a comment. You can also put the comments, like I said, 
in the um, on the podcast platform as well. But it has been a pleasure. Thank you, thank you. It's your first time. Just clicked on it, yay! Um, and and I I've enjoyed you. I'm telling you, Vendetta Dan has me cracking up. Thank you so much. And hopefully, those of you that are listening, I love for you to engage. I love to have an interactive conversation. This is not just about me being on a platform. It's about us walking through the glass together, right? So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And on that note, as I begin, if there's no questions, if there's anything that you think that we should be talking about, oh, I'd love to chat with you. Great. So send me your information so I can send you like the link. I am still um, figuring out this whole, how do I um, have people like call in on this platform and this beta testing? But um, on, I would love Vendetta for you to be on the actual other platform. Okay, great, great, great. I'm going to jot that down. Um, have a nice day. Oh, oh, have a nice day. Oh, I love that. And so I am going to um, capture that. And with that, guess what? That's all I got for you today. I appreciate you being on with me. I appreciate you coming back and being with me on another day. My goal is Monday through Friday to, <laughs> yes, that's the, <laughs> once I said it out loud to myself, I was like, oh, I know that one. I spent a lot of time in the Caribbean um, I'm doing that. So with that, again, it's been great. It's been awesome. Please share, invite some people. Um, I would love to, um, just really take this show and just make sure that it's any and everything that you need. If you have ideas on areas, I deal in the mindset space. Okay. How do you really get to begin to get out of your head? How do you begin to lead? And lead is an acronym. It is learn, experience, apply, and develop. That's my jam. Learn, experience, apply, and develop. Um, that's the space that I love to deal in. That's the space that I, I work with um, and, and coaching people through through that. And how do you really begin to live an authentic life? And I don't mean that plastic authenticity thing that people see. I mean authentically by loving yourself first. And when you love you, you invite and you attract others to follow. So I thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, this has been... Walking the Glass, the podcast with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown, bringing you your daily dose of vitamin Dr. D. It says jump podcast. Call me. I don't have your number. Do you have, do I have your number? So if I do have your number, fine. If not, email me your number and I'll be able to do that because I don't know who Jump Podcast is. Oh, you sent it an email. Okay, great, great, great. All right. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I definitely will give you a call. So have a great day. It is Wednesday, what I love to call Wake Up Wednesday. And I hope that you are going to be intentional to pursue your dream. All you got to do is own it. Have a great one. Bye-bye.